Hello and welcome to Physiology and Behavior with me, Dan Quintana. In this episode, I answer a question about how to convince your colleagues and mentors who are hesitant about posting preprints. If you're on Twitter, and uh, if you're an academic, I recommend that you should be on Twitter, but uh, you may notice there's an excellent hashtag, and uh, it's called PhD Chat, where PhD researchers often uh, post their experiences but also post uh, post questions. And this was something that I found enormously helpful within my own PhD, um, which was a long time ago. And Twitter's been around for a long time. Um, so it's great to see academics actually uh, embracing it more and more. But uh, every now and then, I love uh, looking through the PhD chat stream and uh, just answering a few questions. And I thought for this uh, Q&A format uh, of the show, I'm just going to have a scroll through and uh, see which uh, which is the first question to pop up, and I'm just uh, going to answer it. So I'm just uh, popping up PhD chat now, and um, okay. Uh, Chaz Hinsman asks: Anyone have successful strategies to convince co-authors slash mentors slash colleagues who may be hesitant to post preprints? Now, this is uh, this is a great question. Um, preprints have an interesting history, particularly in the biobehavioral sciences. Uh, they were really popular within; uh, they've been quite popular within physics for for almost uh, almost ten years now, where it's uh, almost the norm to actually post your preprint, have um, have people uh, comment on it, and um, you, you you adjust your preprint accordingly, and eventually you you, you publish it. Um, so let me actually rewind a little bit and explain what a preprint is. So basically, a preprint is a is a version of your your manuscript, which is the manuscript that you have before you actually uh, submit your paper for publication. Um, and preprints um, can, can consider them in a way like how you would be presenting your work at a conference. Presenting your work at a conference isn't considered prior publication. And quite often, the biggest hesitation when it comes to posting preprints is that journals will actually consider this as prior publication and they won't consider your manuscript. Now, 99 times out of 100, this is actually incorrect. And the majority of journals do not consider preprints to be prior publication. But that is where a lot of people, particularly senior academics, seem to have an issue with preprints because they think it's actually going to hinder their ability to publish their work. Um, and this is this is incorrect um, for, for, for the majority of journals. So, if you were doing this, firstly, I would actually recommend that you check the journal that you're targeting. Um, some may specifically say you can't use preprints. Uh, in my experience, at least within, within the biomedical sciences, I found that uh, this, this hasn't been the case. Only one journal that I know of, and that's uh, PNAS, actually requires that you have a very particular license when it comes to posting your preprint. But uh, as long as you abide by that, you can still post your preprint. So in that sense, um, there is no issue there. But I think the most important thing is to actually demonstrate to your to your mentors and colleagues um, just the benefits of posting preprints. And um, I've got a fantastic story. Um, about a year ago, I, I posted a preprint of a new paper I was working on, which was looking at uh, Bayesian alternatives to null hypothesis significance testing. So I posted this preprint, uh, very, very proud of my work. Uh, but then, um, 
quite, I had quite a few people actually telling me I was wrong and I made a number of, uh, number of mistakes, uh, missed a number of key references, um, and generally had, had, had missed the point. And, um, after I got over my, um, initial shock of being, of being so publicly called out both on Twitter and Facebook, I had a close read of what, uh, what these people were saying and they were actually right. And um, I went through and I got some some fantastic um, some fantastic advice uh, from these people that were making comments. Um, and uh, then I eventually uh, began to uh, I, I improved my paper. And what had happened eventually was that um, the person that I originally had uh, written the paper with uh, he'd uh, left academia for a fantastic industry job. And didn't actually have the time to continue working on the preprint, uh, working on the paper, which is totally fine. So I actually asked one of the uh, one of the people that had uh, critiqued my paper if, after revisions, he would be happy to join, and he did, which was great. So uh, not only did I know that he knew what he was talking about from his contributions, but um, I also knew that uh, he had a, a similar background to me when it came to, to research topics. So it was a perfect fit. And he probably would have, ne- he'd actually, he never would have come across this paper if I hadn't actually had posted the preprint. And the scary thing is, is what could have happened was perhaps I submitted the paper to a journal and um, uh, it would have slipped through the reviewers. The reviewers may have looked at it going, this is, this is a great paper, nothing wrong with it. And then it would have been published. And then I would have had the exact same critiques after it's published. But the thing is, you can't, other than retraction or correction, you can't really change a paper after it is published. But with a preprint, it is totally fine to change. You can even change preprint versions. If you use BioArchive or if you use Open Science Framework, you can actually update your preprint and have different versions. So, if you post a preprint originally and then someone tells you, okay, here's where you can improve it, you can actually update it and you can continually update it until you eventually submit your paper. So, one of the big benefits then is that you can actually get early feedback with your paper from people if you post your paper. Um, quite often, a lot of people are following what's happening on BioArchive, so they get updates with new papers, or they might get updates for new papers with Open Science Framework. And the other thing is uh, Google Scholar actually indexes papers that are posted on Open Science Framework or posted on BioArchive. So if people have search alerts for for particular topics, um, for then, then they'll actually see these papers come up. Um, I had a researcher who didn't actually really understand the concept of preprints obviously had search alerts, saw this come up and emailed me going, this paper is really, really interesting. Where is it published? And I, I explained to her, well, it's actually a preprint. And she was like, okay, but w- where has it been published? And eventually I was able to <laughs> to explain the, explain the concept to her. Um, but regardless, she saw this pop up in Google Scholar and saw it as a published paper and um, was able to use it and um, already, already wanted to cite it, which is fantastic. And that never would have happened if um, if we didn't have the opportunity to post a preprint. And we all know how long it can actually take for work to get published. Um, I've had a paper which has been uh, under review in a number of different journals and the review process at each journal has taken months and months and months and months. But I was able to preprint it as soon as it was ready. So despite the fact that it might not be published for over a, over a year, at least the preprint is available and people can read it. In fact, that was the same paper that um, the other person who wasn't really that familiar with the preprints emailed me about. 
Uh, so it's a fantastic way to get your work out there. Um, and a lot of people are worried about being scooped as well. And if you post a preprint, that is a good way to actually uh, put your mark down in the literature and actually say, this is what we found. And um, people can actually look back and see uh, the, the timestamp posting, timestamped post of when the preprint was posted so that you can actually demonstrate that you were the first person to come out with the idea. I think the other thing is you just have to make it um, uh, just as easy and as clear as possible when you're speaking with co-authors and mentors and colleagues that they don't actually need to do <laughs> any work um, that, uh, um, and it'll just be quite easy for them. But it's just a matter of addressing their fears that um, it doesn't actually constitute in almost any case, it doesn't actually constitute um, uh, prior publication and also demonstrating the benefits that it allows you to get your work out there um, it helps prevent against scooping as well. I would also recommend, and I'll add this to the show notes, um, ASAP Bio, which is a fantastic resource when it comes to preprints. Uh, and they've got a really good frequently asked question section, um, which basically has answers to all the typical questions people get from their co-authors, mentors, uh, mentors and colleagues. So, um, I hope that answers that question. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be back again soon for a, uh, a new uh, PhD chat Q&A. Thanks for listening. That's all for today's episode of Physiology and Behavior with Dan Quintana. I hope you liked it. And if you did like it, I would really appreciate it if you were to post a link to the episode on Twitter. My name is at DS Quintana, or you can also post it uh, to Facebook and you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, just check out the links in the show notes. Uh, if you're into video, if you're on Instagram or if you're on YouTube, I also post some of the episodes on those sites there. So check out the show notes. If you have any questions, please let me know. The best way to get into contact is to message me over Twitter via DM at DS Quintana. Bye for now.